My name is Alex Wilshire, and this is Trenovo Talks. Today, I sit down with Mike Kakoulis, Group Director for Trenovo Group's East Coast business. Today, we talk about Mike's story so far, any advice that he would give to hands-on consultants and the role he is playing within one of the group's key strategic goals around internationalization. So Mike, how are things? Yeah, all good, Alex. Sun is shining over in London at the moment. I heard it's pretty warm in Boston. Um, so just come back from a, a three-day uh, weekend for Juneteenth. Um, so yeah, it was really good, very relaxing, and, and things are all going well. Excellent. That's good. Yeah, I think in, in London we've gone from moaning about it being too cold and rainy to it being too hot in classic. Yeah, is it too hot? Yeah, classic is too <laughs> I wonder hot. They, I wonder if they do the same thing in Boston. Probably not. Maybe it's Probably. a British, <laughs> British thing to moan. Um, so now that that's, uh, yeah, sounds uh, sounds like it's uh, yeah very similar to, to me at the moment. Um, for, for the benefit of those, obviously most people listening to this would have worked with you in some capacity, but I think it would be really good to sort of tell us about your story so far, pre-joining Trenovo, what you've done at Trenovo, and, and then of course the, the last couple of years moving into a different type of role. Yeah, definitely. Um, so hi for everyone that's listening. My name is Michael. Um, so I been in recruitment now for just coming up to about six years. Um, so previously, before I joined Trenovo, I was at a business called Hobson Pryor, which is a life sciences business. I was there for about a year and a half, got a lot of fantastic training and development there. And uh, it was a great place to kind of start my career, really. Then in about March, April 2018, um, came over to Trenovo, uh, specifically to Biotalent, the life sciences brand, um, as one of the kind of the first couple of consultants in there just because James Cox um, used to be my original manager when I was at my old company um, and kind of joined over a similar time to Nick started sort of building out a specific vertical in UK and Europe specifically on sort of med tech and focusing regulatory and quality which means something to some people and absolutely nothing to other people but <laughs> um, yeah helped build that out had just started as kind of a senior consultant, uh, had some fantastic mentoring and worked obviously really closely with people like James Cox and Nick Boyle. Um, and they were absolutely fantastic role models and mentors for me in that in that time and still are to this day. And uh, yeah, slowly progressed into sort of more leadership roles as that's something I really wanted to do. Helped build out a med tech team, uh, which is now kind of in the hands of people like Josh Greaves and helped kind of in a very small way, shape that and build that team before I kind of moved over to focus on on Biotalent East Coast US and kind of launching that out back in October 2020, November 2020. Um, so that was something I've always really, really wanted to do is do the States. Ultimately, the, the market, the lifestyle, always wanted to kind of live in that part of the world. Um, that was something that hugely attracted me in. And then yeah, I was really fortunate, again, with with the opportunities and with the mentorship and the role models around me to be able to move as of around about this time last year into, into a group role where uh, I oversee and support uh, both Broadgate and Soda as well as Biotalent. So working really closely with people like uh, Jake Calver, Christy Smith, to be able to, to work that. And uh, yeah, working and being mentored now by by Ben, which is very very different manager to, to Nick and James, but uh, learned a lot over the last year um, on what we should be doing. So, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, just to, to take a step back there, I think I know, I certainly know one of the answers to this next question. Uh, you mentioned there that the market was one of the things that appealed to you about the US. What was it specifically about the market? 
uh, I think Lauren talked about it really well on her, I think probably what was that first podcast you did? Um, it was, she, yeah, it was. Good memory I've got. <laughs> Definitely didn't Google that before. It was nice um, to meet the man. <laughs> I think America is, I think for a lot of people in the UK, it's always that place of opportunity and specifically for recruitment, it is the fastest, largest fee market that we operate in across all three brands. Um, and that's hugely motivating. Why wouldn't you want to be in the market, which ultimately works the quickest, you ultimately can earn the most money in it, and you can ultimately build and scale so quickly. And also you're doing that very much from scratch for things like, I was. Yeah, that's really what really appealed to me. Um, every single state is like its own kind of version of UK or Germany or Switzerland, et cetera. So you've got so much to kind of go after. And then, yeah, chuck in there the fact that be living there abroad america is a pretty cool place no matter if it's in boston or it's in la like it is an, an awesome place to be in and be able to be over there to do that how many businesses and how many opportunities do you really get when in your 20s to go and do something like that i don't think there are many industries that will allow you to do that yeah absolutely absolutely fees aren't bad either uh, yeah they're, they're, they keep you going a little bit yeah i can i can imagine so so obviously boston is is where we're based when when we define the east coast what does what does that mean to, at Trinovo group the main states that we really focus on are states like massachusetts um we focus on the tri-state area like new york new jersey uh, pennsylvania as well we do some work as well in some other states like north carolina there's a huge amount of manufacturing there um and we ultimately do support potentially other parts as well when we've got really good clients like for example texas which definitely is definitely not on the east coast but it's definitely an area that we've had some great client support with but we really predominantly focus on places like massachusetts new york uh, new jersey pennsylvania north carolina those are the kind of core states where we do a lot of our work in really uh, because those are huge hubs for sort of high-tech enabled businesses that we thrive on we love to support and we get really passionate about backing yeah, excellent. So you mentioned there, of course, that the, the nature of your role has, has changed somewhat. Um, what does your role look like now? Yeah, definitely. I, I really love doing what I'm doing right now. And it's all about kind of really supporting all three brands in lots of different ways. So the way that I help support Jake, for example, build and mold and deliver for Broadgate is completely different to the way that I do that with Christy for Pyre Talent, for example, because of stages they're at. But it's about uh, ultimately supporting them with their their day-to-day, -day, giving them advice when they need that piece and ultimately delivering a really clear and very sort of precise vision about exactly where we're going as all three brands, really making sure that all three brands can support one another, can work together. The ideal companies are the ones that we can ultimately support across all three. So like you take a, I don't know, a health tech or a med tech business, there's opportunities for Broadgate to place the cyber individuals there, for Tet4 for Soda to place the software engineers, and then for Biotalent, the whole heap across the board, really. So really driving that collaboration, making sure that we're delivering our impact metrics, which, again, I know Lauren talked about a lot in, in the podcast, but are absolutely crucial to what really differentiate us compared to every other business out there, really making sure that we give the best, not only to the external markets by diversifying the workforce by providing innovative thought leadership, but also making sure we do the best for our people internally by providing really clear pathways about the progression, about their promotion, and really making sure that we target that 
that 75% organic growth year on year within our team, because that is something that is pretty cool to say. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are the, in terms of the impact metrics, what is, what of the impact metrics would you say is the one that sort of fires you up the most? It's probably two for me. So I think the organic growth is, is absolutely crucial because as I said, I, I've been really, really lucky with the individuals I've had around me to be able to mentor me, to give me advice, to help me through difficult times and to be honest, always provide a really clear progression path. And I've been really fortunate to get into more positions of responsibility and influence, etc. So I feel incredibly passionate about making sure that I can do the same for the people in, in my team. I love it when you can shout out about people's promotions. I love it when that's a big goal for them that have set themselves three, six, 12 months ago that they want to get in those roles. And that does give me a buzz to be able to make that happen because you are helping people really achieve and further themselves in their careers. And the second one probably would be focused on sort of customer satisfaction, really focused on providing the right level of service to our clients. So we track that through things like net promoter scores, like the average across the business that we're aiming for is kind of 60 plus in the States, for the East Coast year to date, we're roughly around about the mid 80s, early 90s for things, because it's absolutely crucial that how many people in the market deal with let's say recruiters that are only there to make that one placement and leave and have that not that long-term relationship. We want to be making sure that we build long-term relationships and partnerships with candidates and clients Mm -hmm. so that they love the name Trinovo, they love the brands, they love that consultant and they will always come back to that person for the long-term. So I've probably cheekily said two rather than one, but um, those are the two that I, I really feel particularly passionate about. No, no spot. There was no limit. That's all good. <laughs> no, that, that's yeah, two two brilliant ones. And uh, yeah, I love I love the thought of sort of paying it forward. Almost, you know, you benefited from having those fantastic mentors. You want to be able to to pay that forward onto the the sort of next generation of leaders. You talked obviously a lot around your role now and things that you get really passionate about and things that excite you right now. What what is it about the future? And that could be a year, eighteen months, five years down the line. What is it that excites you most about the future for Trinovo's presence on on the east coast and beyond? I just think that we're really kind of just getting started to be honest. We've really operated as a three as three groups really for only about sort of 12, 15 months now on the East Coast. And yeah. we've had a lot of success that we've had. We've got people that are billing more money than they've ever done in, in other markets for things. We've got so much growth. I, the part probably that really excites me is that there is so much opportunity for people internally for things right now if they really want to, if they continue to do the basics brilliantly and they listen to the individuals and get advice around them and are open to that there is so much opportunity for someone to go away and be the first million dollar biller for example there's so much opportunity for people to go out and lead big teams that they want to go and do there's so much opportunity for people to go and open up new offices or new markets all that kind of thing so i think it's just the fact that we are just really getting started and we're seeing already some great success stories and we're now at this stage as well where we're seeing a lot of people kind of transitioning over to Boston as well there's been a long process for some people that have been here for about a year and a half with COVID with the visas etc but we've successfully helped five six people get visas over the last sort of three four months now and we're now seeing in about July time we're probably seeing about four five six people transitioning over to Boston to really like go and start their lives out there, start working normal human hours again, basically, and not become, and th- that, that is really awesome to be able to do that. And every time I go out to Boston now for like a trip out there to go and spend time with the team until I move out there properly, 
I get to see a little bit more of a glimpse of what people's lives are genuinely going to be like out there. And it's awesome. Like yeah. it's going to be really cool. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And, and I think there you, you mentioned a good thing there, a good point there around the, the performance so far has been, yeah, it's been it's been exceptional. Um, and obviously both on an individual, but also on a on a sort of broader sort of teams or um, group scale. But that's also considering most of the consultants are in the UK working US hours. So when they get over there, as as you put it, more human hours. <laughs> that's a massive blocker I'd imagine for a lot of people um, at the moment so it's, it's exciting to see what what they can achieve on a personal basis as well as obviously the the personal life which uh, yeah from what I've seen isn't too bad in Boston either um, in order to to achieve achieve those things that you've just talked about there what are the imperatives that, that you and consultants need to get right in order to realize that I think it's probably two main things I think from a management perspective so that's sort of myself included in that it's making it very very clear with the individuals like what they need to be doing day on day week on week month on month to achieve success and making it very very clear about what their pathways look like whatever it is they want to achieve be it financially through it development through it uh, promotions progressions whatever it is we have to make that really really clear and show them that vision that pathway for how they're going to achieve that i think what we ask for consultants is making sure that they continue to kind of do the basics brilliantly really like the people that in my opinion are the most successful at recruitment are the ones that are very process driven are the ones that are very resilient to difficult to the ups and downs of perm and contract recruitments and can ultimately take advice from individuals and then you sprinkle in the people that make them excellent are the people that can sprinkle in that bit of innovation, something that differentiates them across the board. And you've got some great people. I know people like uh, Anthony Kelly that you've spoken to for things. Um, I know you've spoken to Christy already as well. Uh, Lauren, who I've already mentioned, Kaylee, like all of them have got something that differentiates them a little bit, but the things they never fundamentally lose are doing their, the day in day out parts brilliantly and making sure that they don't, overcomplicate it basically yeah yeah spot on and, and within that i mean at the moment what are the key sort of um in terms of from a more sort of fundamental recruitment perspective what, what is it that trevor need to drive more would you say on the east coast is it winning more jobs or is it more on the candidate side of things yeah definitely i think for us it's it's really focused on the job flow um i think we are absolutely fantastic when we do get a really good defined role on, we are really excellent at being able to deliver across them really quickly. And I think that's true across all parts of the group, to be honest. I think that that job flow is something that we are consistently trying to improve upon, consistently trying to keep making sure not only are we bringing in enough jobs for the individuals that are currently in the team, but ultimately so we can make sure we keep growing the team by having more and more jobs available. Um, yeah. And that all comes down to making sure that we consistently every day if you're a 360 individual doing sort of business development activities to be honest and not making sure that no no day you can just be doing candidate-based work if you're 360 because every day you don't do that is an opportunity lost every day your desk is going to shrink a little bit so jobs is jobs jobs is what we need yeah absolutely and i mean in terms of job i mean when when you were hands-on you're of course one of one of the top performers, um, particularly when it came to winning new business, I believe that, that you won most signed terms across the group uh, for a couple of years on the trot. Uh, what, I think, I've, been, I think I've, I've told you to say that now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that tenor. I haven't seen the tenor. <laughs> Nando's on the way. Uh, next time I see you, um, what would be your advice to hands-on three seat consultants, both across the group, but also uh, specifically focused on 
on the US market when it comes to new business? You mentioned there, of course, about being process driven. What are the other bits of advice you'd give? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely about the setting yourself up for success piece. And that does come to the planning piece. So like we've got some fantastic tools that I think a lot of people do use, but sometimes you just kind of float with between them. Like obviously Bullhorn is fantastic and should be a one-stop shop for tracking your opportunities. And you can put so much information on there properly about it. So like you want to know who the person is or have multiple points of contact that you're going to go after at that company. You want to know exactly how you got that lead. We know a little bit about the company, maybe about what kind of they do, what kind of funding they've got in recently, any projects that's going on. And most importantly, you want to have the, the hook that's going to get them. And that is making sure you have your hot candidate, high value candidate, however you want to phrase it. Your candidate is that key to opening up that conversation. It might not necessarily be the candidate they need right now, but it shows to them like, look, consultant X or this person really knows exactly what they're talking about as a specialist in that area. So I think using things like bullhorn properly for your opportunities is absolutely crucial. Um, I think it's about the other tools are things like Crunchbase, Zoom Info, particularly for the US people, mm. built in. There's so many different platforms that you can use to really track businesses that we want to target, those small to mid-sized, high-tech enabled businesses, which ultimately are in a cash-rich state that need to make hires to make sure they get products out to market. Because if they don't, they will not be able to pay back their investors. They will not be able to operate as a business. That's what, those are the kind of businesses that I feel very strongly about. They've got ultimately, in theory, lower barriers to entry as well, less competition to be able to deal with. And you can realistically sign up higher fees rather than trying to deal with, with I don't know, an Apple or an HSBC or a Gilead or a Pfizer, et cetera. Yeah. You, you have got lower barriers to entry. You can sign up higher fees. And if you partner with them earlier on, you're going to have that long-term relationship with them. Um, so I think that, that planning piece is, is absolutely crucial. And then to me, the second piece is, is that resilience side, because I think the world has definitely evolved over the last like two years because of COVID and certain markets, you might have done a lot more face-to-face meetings than you probably do now, right now. But I think a lot of people need to remember and just be reminded that that resilience piece is crucial. So like you are going to have days when you are doing uh, when you're calling up your opportunities and trying to get hold of them, you might not get through to anyone that day. And that's going to really suck because you're going to feel like, right, I've sunk an hour and a half, two hours into this and what have I achieved for it? But realistically, it takes sort of five, six, seven touch points with those people to make that happen. Every day that you're not doing that, it reduces your chance of that making it happen. Mm. If you have a really clear plan about your follow-up, a really clear plan that, you know what, and your expectation is sometimes you're not going to get through to everyone. Sometimes you are going to get push back sometimes you are going to get told you know what i'm not interested in working with you mm-hmm. it's all part of the game it's all part of like the plan to make it happen um so yeah i think as long as you plan things properly you're res- and you utilize the tools properly and you sprinkle that in with a lot of resilience that you are going to get knocked back you are going to get told no and you accept that is not the end of the conversation it's just a pause on the conversation until a later date you will have success for, for business development um, and you will be able to sign up a lot of brand new clients because you're targeting businesses that not other companies, not other recruitment businesses are hearing about and you're sticking around long enough when other people get distracted by the next shiny thing they see advertised on LinkedIn. Yeah, 100%. It's a really interesting point you made about resilience as well. There, I think when people talk about resilience in recruitment, it, it typically 
what comes to mind for a lot of people is dropouts, people saying no, people hanging up the phone, that type of stuff. But in reality, a lot of the time, it's the the smaller little things that, that eat away at you, you know, the calling someone and then just not answering and then keep on going. And then sometimes it can be very tempting to go to the path of least resistance or what you feel is close to the money. And rather than chase down that lead or try and call that new prospect or send them a new spec CV of the latest candidate you've got, you would over-resource a role or continue to resource a role because you feel like it's a, a comfortable, low resistance activity where you're not going to get that 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 knockback. Um, so I think it's resilience is is often the big no door slammed in the face, but it is the little things eating away at you, which you mentioned there. And, and again, around setting yourself up for success, not just market mapping and planning, but also taking time to learn the tools because things like Crunchbase, I'd imagine there's people that are using them, but aren't necessarily using them to their fullest because they've not taken the time at the start to actually learn how to get the most out of it. I think those are really, really interesting points. You mentioned uh, a lot of really good stuff there. Would you be happy for people to reach out to you, whether it be about opportunities to go to the States or indeed for some of the topics you've mentioned there? Yeah, I would love to always open to having chats with anyone across the group or externally outside of it as well, like about what we're doing here, what the plan is and uh, how you can ultimately be very successful both in the States and outside of that in Trinovo as well. That's brilliant. Mike, thanks ever so much for your time. Thanks, Alex. Catch you later. Despite only really focusing on the East Coast market for around 18 months, it's clear to see the huge impact that Trinovo is having over there, not just through the internal Trinovo group lens, but more broadly across the markets and verticals in which we operate. But it's clear that it's only just the beginning for Mike and his teams over there. So if you're interested in picking Mike's brains on some of the topics that we've discussed here, or if you're interested in potential opportunities out there, feel free to reach out directly to him. At Trinovo, our mission is to build diversity, create inclusion and encourage workplace innovation. And our vision is to be the fastest organically growing and most impactful recruitment business on the planet. And we want to build teams that are representative for the society we live in and start to address today's workplace representation gaps. We operate across three brands, Trust in Soda, full lifecycle digital recruitment, Broadgate, business protection and enablement recruitment and biotalent full life cycle life sciences recruitment as well as our own social enterprise ex-military careers we've also established a number of communities that are helping us to help our clients move towards a more inclusive workforce such as women in devops ethnicity talks diversity and risk and regs and my race in life sciences